As the state's academic health center, OHSU strives to ensure access for Oregonians who require tertiary and quaternary care. Numerous efforts are underway to manage hospital occupancy and ensure that the right patient receives the right care in the right place at the right time. It's Tuesday, September 26th, and this is OHSE Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. Jennifer Smith spoke with Carl Erickson and Matthias Merkel about their work. Why don't we start with you telling me what your roles are at OHSU? I'm Matthias Merkel. I'm an associate professor in the Department of Anesthesiology and Perioperative Medicine. I'm also the chief medical capacity officer and the medical director of adult critical care here at OHSU. Uh, and I'm Carl Erickson. I'm a pediatric critical care doctor and uh, an assistant professor here, which means that I uh, do attending time in the pediatric intensive care unit and um, have some administrative and uh, research responsibilities. And why don't you talk a little bit about what the Mission Control Governance Council is? So the Mission Control Governance Council was just recently formed. It's a very new product from about the last three to four months. And uh, it is part of uh, the institutional commitment to really collaboratively address uh, capacity management challenges and access to OHSU in a 24-7 operations. And why do we need a Mission Control Governance Council? That's an excellent question. I think OHSU has outgrown its space. Um, almost on a weekly, sometimes on a daily basis, we face uh, capacity constraints that we can't place the next patient in the right bed, in the right place at the right time. And in order to address that, we really had to get organized around this common goal of always being open and always accommodate that patient, which we always had, but we hadn't committed to the operational structure and oversight, how are we gonna do this? Mm -hmm. What are the council's goals in a nutshell? The council's goal in a nutshell are, um, we essentially wanna create access on a 24-7 basis for any patient who needs OHSU. In numbers, we decided for our first year goal that we want to um, increase the number of accepted patients by 128 patients a year, which means two and a half patients on average a week in addition to what we accepted in 2016. In addition to that, we want to increase our midnight census from 88% to 89%. That seems a pretty small number when you really look at that. In order to be at 89% at midnight, we need to be very well organized because our bottlenecks are happening in the early afternoon hours where we sometimes have more patients than inpatient beds in the system because they undergo surgeries, procedures, and so forth. And the last goal of the mission control, which is really a systems goal, is to increase the number of patients we accept into OHSU's network and placing in our Tuality Hospital uh, at a number of 540 patients a year. And it's fairly self-explanatory, but what do you mean by midnight census? 
Midnight census is the number of occupied patient beds at midnight. Okay, thank you. So what have we changed at the transfer center in terms of operations to better manage patient transfers? So our transfer center work really resided around identifying patients who need OHSU but could be placed at a lower acuity than our main campus, which is largely driven by what consulting services, what services will they need during the inpatient uh, stay. The approach we took is we looked at the Oregon map, looked at all our referring hospitals and their average acuity. And we took patients from hospitals who have an average or lower acuity than Tuality has, and also who are preferentially on the west side of the Portland metro area, including on the coast. Our first step was to um, reach out to Astoria and to uh, Mid-Columbia Hospital in Zedals um, as two of our main referring hospitals and really partnered with their emergency room physician and hospitalist services to get a common understanding, why are we doing this, what are we doing, what we want to achieve. And it was very openly welcomed because people have noticed that OHSU ability to accept a patient into an inpatient bed has become very, very difficult. So that was the uh, initial work, and now we're expanding this uh, both in the type of patients we accept to tuality and the catchment area from which hospital, referring hospitals, we accepting patients to tuality. And last week, OHSU Hospital was at what was called extreme occupancy. Can you describe what that means, Dr. Merkel, and how the work you've been doing has contributed to easing those types of situations? So when we are at extreme capacity, we essentially do a case-by-case management model. Um, Historically, in these situations, when we reached them a year ago, we would put us on divert and even start canceling surgeries, which I think everybody can agree is not the way how we want to operate. Just even there's always a, a very personal story behind every individual patient, either not accepted, not placed, or the surgery being canceled. I think we all who have used medical services um, can link to what hardship that creates. Mm-hmm. What we did different this time with the collaborative approach we have built up is we were really able to do a case-by-case management. And this allowed us to not go on divert for the entire system and to essentially accept all acuity, high acuity, critical ill patients to continue with our surgical schedule while At the beginning of the day, it was a very daunting mismatch of patients in the system coming into the system and beds available. We knew that if we manage it very actively, we we will more likely than not be able to accommodate everyone. And we were able to do this. And how did we do this? It's uh, um, our administrator on duty and uh, bed flow managers, they certainly continue to do their magic to keep OHSU open. But we also were able to really um, focus on the individual patient, emphasizing which patients can go to tuality. We took patients out of our system, not only from the emergency room and placed them in tuality, which was another addition to the process we had developed over the last few weeks, but we also um, 
I reached out to individual patients and asked them, would you actually be interested in going back to your community hospital and complete your hospital stay there? And we were able to do that for at least one patient who was very happy that we facilitated that patient to bring back. And their physician who referred them to us was also very happy to have him back. And all of this requires a very well-functioning machine where administration, nursing, and physician really collaborate on the common goal of keeping the doors open and being ready to place the next patient in the right place. So switching gears a little bit, Dr. Erickson, could you tell us what the PICU is like on an average day and explain what PICU is? Sure. So the PICU is the pediatric intensive care unit, and uh, we take care of patients who generally are old enough that they've left the hospital after being born, although not always, and uh, up to the age of 18, although, again, not always. And um, we take care of patients with essentially any kind of illness, but patients who are really, really sick. So the sickest of kids, and um, we are a 20-bed unit, and on any given day, um, are <clears throat> it's, a, it's a very... Um, amazing place. Um, There's a lot of amazing care that happens there. Um, It's also a very busy place and uh, we're uh, uh, often doing our best to figure out how we're going to uh, take care of all the patient that needs uh, all the patients that need us. There are only two pediatric intensive care units um, in uh, Oregon and we are one of them and our catchment area includes all of Oregon and also southern Washington, especially southwest Washington. So we're talking about a little over a million kids um, and a lot of different hospitals and emergency departments that uh, rely on us uh, to, uh, to help take care of their sickest patients. So you described that it's a 20-patient bed unit, and you talked to me a little bit last week about your vision for the 21st patient in the PICU. So what does that mean? Um, so, uh, good question. It's <clears throat> what I would say is that um, what Dr. Merkel has described is an approach to how we make decisions about um, patients coming into the hospital and patients being served by OHSU in the best possible way. Um, what I'm really thinking about now with the 21st patient is purely about how do we create the space to take care of a 21st patient. And underlying that is really the commitment that we've made to our community, which is that we are going to take care of the sickest kids. And we don't really have the luxury of saying no, even when we're busy. So we have a 20 bed unit, and we generally don't have more than 20 patients, but we need to have a good plan for how we're going to take care of a 21st patient when our community needs us to take care of more than 20 patients. Um, and. Uh, and, and that 21st patient needs to be able to get the same kind of care that the first through the 20th patient received. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, uh, again, that's a, uh, I consider that an essential uh, part of the commitment that we've made to the kids in Oregon and Southwest Washington. Awesome. And you mentioned that you're interested in research around this area. What can you tell us about that? Uh, great question, and thank you for asking. Um, so. I've done some research that shows that, in general, when hospitals get strained, that's not good for patients. Patients are at higher risk of dying, they're at higher risk of having um, adverse events, and that's due 
to a lot of different uh, potential reasons. It can be because they're not able to be served in the unit that they're usually taken care of in. So in other words, they go to the wrong place, so to speak, or that they have to spend a significant amount of time in the emergency department before they can go to the unit that they're supposed to be in. Um, uh, or just that the sheer busyness results in more bad things happening. But another really important part of that research is that that effect is really variable when you look across hospitals and hospital systems. And there are some places that find huge differences in the quality of care that patients get when they get really busy and other places where they're able to maintain a high quality of care even when they get really busy. And that last part is really exciting to me because <clears throat> as you've heard OHSU is a busy place and we're not likely to get less busy so to me it's not about how we make ourselves less busy but it's rather about how we continue to deliver the care that we are used to being able to deliver and that our patients are counting on even when we're stressed. Dr. Erickson can you give me a concrete example of how you've modeled this vision for the PICU? Sure um, well uh, as I said, we need to be able to take care of that 21st patient, and that involves um, a lot of different questions. Um, where would we take care of that patient? Who is going to help to take care of that patient? And what are all the systems that we need to have in place in order to do that? Again, not just to take care of the patient, but in a way that is um, commensurate with the standard of care that we are used to providing to our patients. <clears throat> so. Uh, in the PICU, we have uh, created a um, what we call a pediatric intensive care surge unit, which is a five-bed unit um, that allows us to take care of the 21st through 25th patient uh, when we need to. The unit is physically in the um, day-stay area of the um, perioperative, or uh, essentially the PACU, um, on the same floor of Dornbecker. It's there because it's um, physically very close to where the PICU is. And we've spent over a year uh, planning and um, working with a very large group of people to make this happen. Um, by that I mean that the uh, nursing leadership, um, the uh, physician leadership, and almost every other group on campus that is involved in patient care has uh, has really helped with this. Um, in other words, um, making sure that the patients could get the right medications, making sure that we had the supplies, um, that the respiratory therapists uh, uh, knew where the patients were and had the uh, uh, bandwidth to, uh, to take care of them, um, making sure that um, environmental services knew that patients were there, um, uh, questions about almost every aspect of care. Um, and um, we were very deliberate about the process, uh, first based on a, an existing model um, for post-operative care um, in the adult hospital. Um, we created a, um, a template and a set of uh, procedures and policies, and then over the course of um, approximately a four-month period, we piloted this um, successively with um, different patients in a very planned way. So in other words, we brought patients who were um, at the healthy end of the pediatric ICU spectrum over to this unit um, with very clear messaging to the families and uh, and and uh, and a clear thank you for, for helping us uh, perfect this system. Um, and as we did that, we learned a lot about um, uh, 
what it took to not just provide safe care over there, because I think even from the get-go, we had a very good system for doing that, but um, also troubleshooting a lot of other issues to make the care more efficient and more similar to what we're used to providing. Um, in the August of this year, we had our first unplanned use of this, where we um, got to a situation where we had to take care of a 21st and a 22nd patient. and. This unit was ready to go, and we were able to um, get patients over there and um, continue to fulfill our mission to um, our patients, which is that we will take care of you to the best of our ability, even when uh, we're extremely busy. Obviously, there's a lot of people behind all this work. How do you encourage not only the people sort of ingrained in the in the pilot work and the initiatives, but employees in the day-to-day healthcare mission to be engaged with this? Our approach to this is really like, we want to be transparent what we're doing. We want to share how we make decisions and we want to be very uh, open for feedback. I don't, this is very novel for all of us. Um, and I think the key part for success will be to keep uh, the momentum going and to really increase people who want to contribute to this. Thank you for your time today. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by Kelsey Hewald. I'm Patrick Holmes. See you next week.